this is me and my dad in conversation. So what do you think of those um, bloodhound puppies? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're... Yeah. I mean, they're so unusual, aren't they, really, to see them. You so rarely see them. And especially for us here in the middle of, you know, East Anglia in England. I don't know where... I don't know where Secret Ligny came from. The, no. The mother, I'm not sure where she was originally from. They must have must have had their sources. And they, yeah. They probably they had the plan to change it. Yeah. But they are unusual. It, I, it's, it's rare to see them. Yeah. Generally. And then to see puppies. I mean, like I said to you, I think recently... The only time I've really ever been aware of them in a film is Papillon. But yeah. having said that, I think they are used in some films. Mm. Well, they were manhunters. Mm. Definitely for their nose, because their nose is so uh, so sensitive. Used in sort of police and forensic stuff. Yeah. That's right, and I'm sure there've been in other American films where they've like prison escape films, that sort yeah. of thing. They're used, never really in uh, in this country as such. That would be an intimidating sound if you're running away and mm. you just hear this howl in the yeah. distance. Yeah, that distinctive howl. God. And I think as pups, you know, um, your sister was saying that she start could start to see them characteristically doing it mm. even as they're only like six or seven weeks old yeah yeah amazing yeah great dogs yeah i don't think i've ever even seen one close like up. just on a lead i've never even seen one walking around no it's great it's rare yeah it's, it's quite unusual it is i yeah. wonder why though because i mean you see sort of portraits of kings years ago with like bloodhounds or um, what, Irish wolfhounds and stuff yeah. like that at their feet. That's right. Yeah. I think, I think, and that was maybe Mastiffs, you know, um, or mm. Mastiffs, they nearly died out. English Mastiffs nearly died out in this country um, in the Second World War. And I think they had to um, bring them in from America because they had actually exported some to America and because they nearly died out in the UK they brought them back from America after the war to restart the, the line yeah. the bloodline because English Mastiffs are very rare as well you don't see many of them and I think mainly those these dogs are rare because they are high maintenance and they don't live very long true yeah and all pedigree yeah and, um, and also well as we know with Bull mastiffs, because we had some, didn't we, in the past? Yeah. They um, can attract the wrong type of owner. Mm. Yeah, you put a dog in, in the wrong person's hands, and it is a weapon. Mm. Certainly. It certainly can be, and it can be any any dog really. But I suppose the bigger and the more fierce looking. Yeah. Is a bit more attractive to someone who likes to put a studded belt round, um, studded collar around its neck. 
Yeah, you just know that that's not a great sign. Yeah, and the pro thing is the owner's probably wearing one as well. Yeah. Which is a bit of a generalization, but it has an element of truth in it. Mm. I think I think people are just doing that. It's a bit it's a bit of a cowardly it's a cowardly act. It's it, it, it is, and I think it's always been a bit like that in the sense that the characters that it attracts are people that, um, as you said earlier, they look upon them as a bit of a weapon, really. Yeah. And they may live in sort of areas where perhaps people think like that a bit more. I suppose so. It's a tricky one. I guess it's always been the case uh, to some extent. Yeah. Because humans use animals, don't they? And some. Yeah, was it was it the Russians that strapped bombs to dogs. Mm, I think quite a few nationalities have done that, in yeah. in wars. Um, put them underneath tanks. Mm. Train them to stick bombs underneath tanks. I th I think quite a few nas nationalities in different wars have done that, but I'm not sure how successfully they've ever de they've really done it. Mm. I, it probably had limited success, didn't it? But I mean, it's a bit, you know, it's a kamikaze animals, isn't it? When you well, yeah. You know, you, you've probably got to produce an awful lot. Mm, and training them must can't be easy either. No, you got they're not getting those little, like, tiger tanks just in <laughs> England. Yeah, you. I mean, you've, exactly. You've got to put all that training in and then it's all blown away in a second, really. Mm. It's pretty... Um, you don't see it spoken about very much. No, no. Oh, there used to be loads of stuff with animals just like putting bombs inside them, dead ones. They did it in rats. Oh, yeah. They put it in dead rats and things. But I think some some of this is booby trapping, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They definitely do that a lot. Yeah, and, and leaving land that they have invaded, but then they've got mm, pushed back. Like they like to booby trap everything. What was that film? That we saw recently. Yeah. Um, war film. Yeah, yeah, it's a war film. Um, oh God, what's it called? The, uh, World War film. Second yeah, World War. Second World War. About um, them getting a message. Recently. Yeah, they were getting a message um, to another battalion because oh, yeah. they were going into a trap. I can't yeah, of course. Um, it was... Wasn't that just called World War One? It could have been. I'll look it up. It was um, the First World War, wasn't it? I think. Yes. No, it must have been First World War because there was no radio. Was yeah. It? Yeah. And it had Sam something. It didn't Sam Mendes. Oh, Sam it was Mendes. the director. 1917. Wasn't it? That's 1917, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mendes was the director. Yeah, it was, it was very well received, wasn't it? It was. And then, then in there when they're going through some of these bases that they left behind, that's all booby traps. And yeah. Yeah. That's what it, it was very much a part, and I, I think it always has been. I mean, it has been the case in, um, um, you know, many, many modern, modern warf wars, much yeah. modern warfare. In fact, some countries like Angola is just riddled with um, landmines land and things, yeah. isn't it? I think that's what, is that where Princess Diana did you know she, she she went out and highlighted an awful lot of that sort of thing mm. but uh yeah now i suppose going back 
years and years there would have been more basic, um, basic. versions of booby traps, wouldn't there? Probably just as nasty, probably less effective, which makes it worse. Yeah. Well, you just get like one person. Yeah. And kill mm -hmm. one person. Mm -hmm. But so it's just one of the nasty traits of sort of warfare, isn't it? Yeah, it's again, it's sort of a, I suppose you could say it's a cowardly act, but mm. it's just, it's just warfare. They're just finding any way to get each other. It is, and it's, you know, if we can't have it, then you can't either. We're going to destroy it on the way out. Yeah, exactly. Because they blew up the whole structure that, that they built in yeah. 1917. Because during the, when, um, you know, when there were Germans had, went into Russia and it eventually pushed back. You know, the Germans spent half the time just blowing up bridges and things like yeah. that. But everybody's it's done that, really. Yeah. yeah. It's very much with the, like, if I can't have it, then you can't kind yeah. of mentality. It is. It, it is, really. I'm sure it is strategic, definitely. Especially with the bridges and other assets that are essential to get from one yeah. place to another. And it slows the process of the oncoming... Yeah. You know, being pushed back, as it were. In yeah, that case, exactly. it was the Russians, wasn't it? But, uh, yeah. I don't suppose any of that sort of thing would ever change, although warfare, of course, changes, doesn't it? Mm. Because I don't know whether there'd be, you know, the same sort of conventional war on the same scale as World War One or World War Two ever again, really. I think you'd like to perceive that there is no possibility that that amount of people could just be sort of slaughtered. Mo yeah, and mobilised. Yeah. Mobilised and then slaughtered. Because World War One virtually became a um, a question of who's got the most ammunition. Yeah, and the most and, bodies. And the most bodies to soak up the ammunition. Yeah. But it's interesting, really, because, you know, I never really realised until more recently that out of the approximate six million men that went from this country, only one million of them didn't come back. I know it says it's only one million, mm. so it's still an enormous percentage, but a hell of a lot of people did come back. Yeah. I, but I they were so traumatised. Yeah, it's whether you think whether they actually came back and ever lived, lived again. Mm. And I'm sure an awful lot of them did, because... Um, everybody reacts differently to certain situations and you, you don't find out how you react until mm. that situation until you're in that situation yeah um some people were obviously better at coping with it than others mm. i mean my mother's father the, who was at the Somme, she said he was never the same when he came back no but um i mean her relationship with him wasn't great anyway but uh and I don't know if she was really old enough to know him very well before he went. Mm. But um, I think it was different back then anyway. No one was, people weren't as close at all. No PTSD generally. and all this sort of thing didn't exist, did it? No, PTSD wasn't a thing. You were just like, get, get on with it. Yeah. And if you turned the wrong way, if you ran backwards, you'd be shot by your own officer anyway. Mm. It just seems crazy. It... it was just literally another world. Completely. A world away. Unimaginable, but, really. Mm. Modern day standards. 
it is absolutely i mean there's been some very good depictions of it on the film that one film that i'd like to watch with you sometime is all quite on the western front mm. which is black and white but that's because it was made pretty soon after the end of the second world war although it's about the first world war um but black and white really contributed to the atmosphere of the film yeah so what hang on was it made when they had to make it in black and white or it was a decision a conscious decision i th i think they had to make it in black and white right i'm pretty sure because it, it does like go Schindler's far list. back no that's right but that is uh, you know the, the director who, who directed it was it Steven Spielberg? I want to say it was. I think it must have been. I think it was. I'm pretty sure because. I mean, it's amazing the list of films that he yeah, has directed. It was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very good film. Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very very moving, really. I mean, if you, if. You know, if you sit and watch that, if you can't be moved by it or can't be yeah. affected by it in thought or, you know, at least for a while, it's be quite amazing in I for someone not to be. Yeah, you'd really question them sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just... I saw an interview with Ralph Fiennes, the, the guy who played the director of one of the smaller labor camps mm. like him describing describing his character which was based off i can't remember his name because mm. it's his german name and it's mm. just talking about the amount of research that he did and sort of just being mm. almost almost disgusted by what he the actions and who the role he was preparing to get into and because mm. some of the scenes in that are Crazy. Oh, Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah, Schindler's List. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's like this scene in the basement where, you know, where he's sort of, he's sort of attracted to this Jewish woman, and even though it's obviously a very weird, weird relationship, but not, it wasn't really a relationship. No. She was, she was petrified at the time. Because completely one-sided. Yeah. But she was really a servant, wasn't she? Yeah, and it was when... Um, the only reason he was she was living was because he liked her. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite crazy. And then you get these, these Holocaust deniers who think... I was just oh, thinking exactly the same thing. I know, it's... Um, it's scary to think you know it, that that is possible after you know it's still really not that long ago I mean when I think about it that when I was born it had only happened 15 years before that mm. when I was born but what what would even be your motivation behind saying oh it didn't happen like what motivates you to do that besides being an anti-semite that that's that's it on the nail though really isn't it I, I can I can't think of any other reason for wanting to deny. It's just straight up being yeah. an anti Semite, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It just doesn't they can I mean 
Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, it, it was true. It happened. It's, you know, it's there. Depicted yeah, yeah. in so many ways. And I think that's why, you know, you know, there are great, there are sections of film industry and things that it's virtually, they feel virtually duty bound to make sure that it's, um, it's kept in people's, the forefront yeah. of people's minds. I don't think it should be forgotten for sure, but yeah. But there's, there's so many films that, um, have probably made sure that um, you would think it could never happen. But having said that, humans are, uh, are you know, capable of some, I mean, because that in itself is a great uh, point in case, isn't it? How horrendous humans can be to one another. Yeah, I think. You can never understand that, unless you perhaps you were brought up in the environment of like just complete anti-Semitism and then... I mean, it, it, it is all about the brainwashing of a population, really, mm. isn't it? Because that's what he did. And when a population was down and out, because, you know, they had terrible poverty and, you know, it was... it Because Germany had been such a incredibly civilised country and, you know, like it is again now in the sense that, you know, so innovative, so productive, if, you know, we consider scientists, musicians and all these people yeah, exactly. that emanated from Germany. And then suddenly all of that got pushed aside. And a lot of those people were German Jews and they all disappeared or carted off. Yeah. And suddenly it was as if that civilization hadn't happened. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I think Germany as a country now, within their education, they make sure that it's never forgotten. I yeah. think they call it the dark period, or yeah. the dark years. I think um, mm. from people I've known, from German people I've met, and things, and the conversation has cropped up. They, you know, it's. It must be so hard for the you know all the younger generations and such because you know they can't live in um, you can't live an apology all no, the time no. you know it was you know even when you see some of these documentaries that were made years ago those generation those say a Nazi or someone that uh, that was caught after the war and then mm. you know filmed and those people are totally unapologetic that's you know they they believed what they did rudolph what was hess and yeah. and uh, and there were so many of lesser ones in some of the you know documentaries you can see where they you know they just it was they like were, brainwashing they really were still nazis yeah it was really a case of uh, they still went they still believed that to their their dying day really and there's still a Nazi movement. I mean, it's granted it's not big, but no, yeah, I think the right wing in um, and it's, it's uh, Germany is still, you know, very much there. They and their party that I can't remember the name of it now, actually. Um, yeah, I think you know you do get all factions really in all countries. Yeah, there's people um, still just going out there for the sake of extremism, and mm. they'll just go 
people do like to attach themselves to something really, whether in many ways, whether they have any real um, belief in what, whatever. And, and some of these groups, you know, their beliefs are pretty like fragile. Mm. It's more about some people wanting to attach themselves to it. I mean, it's like, you know, it's probably a bit like, you know, Hitler Youth and stuff like that. When they started off, people loved identifying themselves as something and then loved being maybe being part of a group and then wearing a uniform. Then it was all to do with that indoctrination. That, yeah, and in those days, of course, um, you know, there was no communication where there was today. So, mm. you know, that sort of indoctrination was probably a lot easier. Definitely. People weren't questioning things mm. as much. So it just, I suppose people just got on with it. And didn't oh, we'll blame the rich. We'll blame the rich. <laughs> you know, we'll blame the Jews because they're the ones that got the businesses. They're the ones that have got the money and the wealth. Yeah. And, and they were taking over the world. That's what, you know, half, half well, a lot of the belief was, I think. Mm. Which, um, you know, I mean, some people probably have those sorts of beliefs now but I mean there's people in the world that believe you know there are Martians amongst us well totally I mean with the recent pictures now everyone's been going you know Elon Musk has been acting very weird since the surface of these UFOs. he must be one <laughs> yeah people have said that before people have been like well he's too smart for us clearly yeah. clearly he's not actually yeah, I mean, yeah. there are people out there that believe they have been abducted, aren't there, and brought back. I mean, who's to know? I like to believe in UFOs. Yeah. But I can't really quantify it. <laughs> I can't no justify, can justify it. it. You'd think that if you looked at it purely probability-wise, you'd think there's got to be a good chance of something else. It really has. got to. There's got to be a good chance. When you consider... Space never ends. Exactly. Space is constantly expanding. Yeah. And there are um, whatever, hundreds of thousands of planets in a galaxy, aren't they? I couldn't tell you. It's going to be, I mean, because. I knew a f fact once about it, but I can't remember now what, mm. how many there were in It's something like 100,000 planets in a galaxy or something. And then galaxies. I don't actually know the sort of. Because the solar system, galaxy, universe. The universe is out is everything in our universe mm. which sort of the universe encapsulates everything smaller the universe is the biggest we can get to yeah so and the universe is constantly expanding as well so, <laughs> so is a galaxy a galaxy's a small part of the universe so of the universe we're in a galaxy and there are other galaxies in our universe as well as other solar systems in our galaxy I think mm. Mm. I think that's correct I'm not totally sure the only thing that inhibits us really is the technical ability really to travel isn't it mm. because and then land on other planets because yeah. there must be if we exist surely there must be other life forms, whatever it may be. Might just be little fish in a pond or something, wasn't it? Well, there's the um, there's the golden record 
that they have on one of the uh, one of the voyages, one of the satellites mm. that plays, and that is our representation of humanity to whoever might hear it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and is that is that just sound? Isn't it? It's not a lang. It's not language, is it? I d I think it's in sound, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Voyage, the Voyager Golden Record. Um. And that was sent out quite a long time ago, then. I think it was, yeah. So it's somewhere just I don't know where, I in a stratos some in the stratosphere somewhere. Yeah. The contents of the record were selected by NASA by a committee chaired by Carl Sagan of Cornell University. And I think 115 images on it. Yeah. Oh really? Pictures of the moon. And from what we can see from Earth. Yeah, it maybe. looks like there's, there's pictures of, of... There's a picture of a woman breastfeeding. There's... There's the Olympics. That looks like... Um, the, Ber the Berlin Olympics. Yeah, yes. Yeah. With Jesse Owens. Yeah. Yeah. To depict humanity. Yeah, so that if anybody... If anything or anybody had the intelligence to interpret, interpret it, that might give them an idea of what we're like. Yeah. So what's on this Bart? The Brandenburg Concerto number two. Really? Nice. Java, kind of flowers, Senegal. So this was, when was this sent out in the 50s or something? Chuck Berry's on it. 60, oh yeah, well, it's, it's probably then 60s. There's a lot of, there seems like a lot of classical music in it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I wonder if there's been um, more sent out. They send out. They've sent out more voyages, which are just satellites they don't expect to have come back because mm. you could say that is a needle in a haystack couldn't you mm, you certainly could oh I've, I've read recently that um the bbc were announcing britain's space plan or something mm. oh well they didn't um realize that i think i think it was it's working with other countries. I don't know. It seems like a weird time to uh, announce the British space program, really. Well, it certainly does at the moment when, when all the governments are going to, you know, there's going to be so much expense as uh, everybody recovers from coronavirus. Mm. It says here the Shetland Space Centre plans to get a two million pound investment boost. Well, two million is a joke, isn't it? Very much for space. That's really, a complete is joke, isn't it? Well, they're going to send up a little firework. Really? Yeah. It's nothing. It really is nothing compared to NASA. No. I mean, there is a there is on the M one. I think there's a signpost that says um, it directs you to the space center. Mm. I don't. I'm not sure where it is. I'm sure I've seen it. And right. I know you know the country has had an input in space, but but it's 
it's probably in producing a certain element or a certain piece of equipment. To yeah, because we, we have been in the International Space Station, but it's just... Mm. Well, and, and I mean, the billions and billions that it requires to make something go. But it does yeah. then go back to... I often then think of the conspiracy theories, don't um, about landing on the moon and things. Well, people will just straight up deny it. What, what I always struggle with, and I think the conspiracy theorists struggle with, is why have we never visited it since? Mm. When well, technology has just, especially in the last 20 years. I suppose they sort of know what it is and they know that it would never support life. Mm. Cause and getting beyond it is so much more. Yeah. But also, I think the space shuttle probably took over a little bit in terms of funding, because you know you could reuse it. Yeah. To some extent, can you? To reuse what Apollo Eleven? The shuttle. It's the space shuttle. The space shuttle, you could, but Apollo mm. Eleven, you definitely no. couldn't. No, they were gone <laughs> and floating around. Apollo Eleven cost mm. twenty-five point four billion. In 1969. I mean... That's an incredible fact, isn't it? 1969. What would that be today? $152 billion. Has it got it there? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say... Uh, I was going to guess probably even more, but I mean, that is... crazy. Yeah. But, you know, you know, countries at the moment are sinking that into their own economies because of the coronavirus, aren't they? Yeah, completely. And they're thinking in the US... The trillion dollar. Is it a trillion dollar in the yeah, US? Yeah, it was what it was. It was a couple of weeks ago he announced it. Yeah. That it was, he was going to put a trillion dollar injection. I mean, but thank God the governments are doing it in a sense because, of course, you know, the the um, the result of not doing anything is, you know, mass unemployment. Of course, no, like we've probably never, we've never experienced in our, the Great Depression in America. I don't know how many people were unemployed then, but that was a, Terrible in the states. Yeah, I know, I've yeah. heard predictions that it's going to be the worst depression ever. Yeah, I mean they do like to, you know, I was saying the other day about the media like to. The media love to talk things down. They do. They, I mean, they've got they certainly can make it worse. Yeah. Global GDP decline in the Great Depression was twenty six point seven percent. Really? Yeah, people are quoting bigger numbers than that, aren't they? Twenty-six point seven percent, but then of course there would be no such thing as, well, in America there was probably no such thing as social security. No, they definitely don't, they don't have the data to tell tell us what the uh, global GDP decline is. No, it's got to be probably something never ex similar. Yeah, but um, also they uh, it's very difficult comparing like for like because. Yeah. Different situations. You can't. And they would love to try, and they do try, because yeah. they're trying to fill up airtime, aren't they, on TV and everything? Because, you know, if you're not talking about coronavirus now, it's it's not Rising, up to yeah. date on TV, is it? Because everything else is repeat. <laughs> everything else is repeat, because they're not making much live TV. It's either coronavirus or the 74 World Cup. Yeah. Is, yeah. Anything that's uh, repeated. You know, years... You know, quite a few years back, 
when you opened like the Radio or TV Times and looked what was on the the mass of four channels that there were yeah. in this country at the time, if it was a repeated program, they used to put a little R in brackets near the program. And it was quite unusual to see a repeated Just program. But now, either obviously there are hundreds of channels, but there's hundreds of channels and nothing to watch. Mm. Or if it is something to watch, it's a repeat, but yeah. they don't put the little R on there. Yeah, well, people just barely watch TV anymore. They, just, they don't watch live TV, do they? No one wants to be constricted to a certain time to yeah. watch something when you can watch it whenever, whenever you want. Yeah. It's weird, though. Yes, it's moved. It's changed very... It's very much changed, isn't it? Mm. And thus, it'll continue to do so, I'm sure, won't it? Because the technology is all about giving the user the choice and the power to decide what they want to do, isn't mm. it? Do you know what is trending on Twitter right now? No. Hashtag why you should leave Earth. Oh, really? Second in the UK, apparently. After Amstrad, I don't even know what Alan Sugar's doing. No. I mean, people have talked about that sort of thing, Ellie, but it, it's sort of... It's a bit of a. It's not a particularly helpful comment. No, sure. and it it doesn't help anything because we haven't got the ability to do it anyway. But I suppose these people now. talking about <laughs> it, yeah, the money, the money to actually work out how to do it and then survive well, somewhere else. You know, Elon has been talking about populating Mars for for a while, and I'm mm. sure he will do his best. He'll give it a go. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, that sort of question has been depicted in cartoon magazines and things like that for years. Yeah. You know, going way back when they first started producing comics. Mm. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think it will continue that way, won't it? Someone did he actually tweet that? Apple stock price too high, in my opinion. I don't know if Tim Cook actually tweeted that. I'm gonna find out. That's just a he might have. He might have said that though. You can imagine because you know the things Elon Musk says. Yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah. I mean, his last tweet was about Ramadan. So does he do quite a lot on there? Yeah, he is very active on there. Is he? Yeah. I wonder if um, Steve Jobs would be. I'm sure he would have been. Yeah, so they're so switched, aren't they? Switched on, yeah. Yeah. He's probably, there's probably still his old account. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Do you do much on Twitter, though? I read a bit on Twitter. Mm, that's all I do. But then I don't really know who to follow half the time. I suppose you find someone to follow who you're just interested in, aren't you? Yeah, so I follow people like Bill Gates or... Oh, yeah. Bill does Gates. he do much? Yeah, he he does tweet a, a fair bit. Actually, I'd quite like to do it. Remind me, I must do that. Yeah. He must have a few million followers. Quite a few, I think. Yeah. yeah. But he does tend to speak very eloquently and um, 
It's interest. It's always of interest, isn't it? He yeah. doesn't, presumably, he doesn't get into these spats that people do on there, does no, he? No, I can't see that. I cannot really see that. Because I must admit, the first time I looked on Twitter, I was surprised at some of the people that are on mainstream TV and sort of considered quite serious characters, the sort of spats they run on Twitter and the sort of language they use. You can't exactly see Bill Gates swearing at people or no. calling people out. No, absolutely. He's quite a, you know, civilised guy, to say the least, isn't he? Mm. He's very considered. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. Yeah. But... Yeah. He looks like he... I mean, he definitely... He comes across very... Um, very humble almost mm. and it's only there and if people are talking crap he can he can let them know that they're, mm. just, they're just talking rubbish but without yeah you know without being arrogant and yeah mm. now he thinks about what he says doesn't he and that's quite a it's quite a good characteristic these days because there's an awful lot of people that will just talk and think later mm. and think but a lot of those people probably not that bothered about what they say really or not that bothered about yeah. um, offending people. Because it depends where you come from. I think so, yeah. I'm, I mean, he's in incredibly fortunate position. But then again, you know, he's trying to um, do some good with a lot of it. Yeah, Bill Gates is always doing good. Mm. And a lot of... Um, other, a lot of other people, um, you know, m might not necessarily do that. Mm. But you've got to, I suppose you've got to be bright and interesting and, um, you know, when I say bright, I mean, you know, way up there. Yeah. And to... Uh, well, you can be really smart and still be boring as hell. Mm. And at least... Yeah. 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 So geeky, you're on another level, and uh, a lot of people maybe not really be able to understand, mm. perhaps. He does come across as a very normal, normal kind of guy, though. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting to see people like that speak in depth about certain things, isn't it? About life in general. and Yeah. Well, you, you take everything on board mm. just, just because that's who they are. Yeah. You can't not you can't not respect. We're gonna sign off here. Um we're gonna be working on the sound in the future. See you guys soon.